Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. This is Katie and I am here with another bonus episode for you. If you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you probably know that Sarah and I almost always cover Mormon or LDS <laughs> general conference. That's when um, the whole church watches this televised program of the prophets and apostles giving <laughs> talks to the congregation, uh, and it lasts for a whole entire weekend. And we usually cover some talks from that. Well, Sarah is still on, out on maternity leave, but Luckily, my friends Jake and Dusty were willing to step in and cover some talks with me as well as on their podcast, Not So Peter Priesthood. So this is part one of that series because we each decided to cover two talks, which means there will be six total. You'll be hearing three in this upcoming episode. And then next bonus episode will be the final Three. So, as much as you can enjoy listening <laughs> to general conference summaries and discussions, I hope you enjoy this. Here you go. Okay, so <laughs> I'm already giggling. So, once upon a time, <laughs> back when I was like brandy new, I don't even think I. I think I was just like a guest on the podcast. I think it was a long time ago, but I was wearing like my favorite cozy cardigan and it was like old as balls. And so as I'm sitting <laughs> talking to Jake, I'm getting heated. Right. And I'm uh -huh. like starting to sweat. And I'm like, I need to take this sweater off. And so as I'm trying to like slide out of it without like hitting my microphone and stuff, all of like the loose yarn in the back of it got like wrapped around my elbow. So I'm like sitting in my sweater like this and I'm like, I can't, I can't get on my sweater. I don't know what to do. And so I'm like trying to like pull this arm out. And as I pull the sweater, it like tightened all of the yarn up into my arm. And I was like, pure panic, Katie. And Jake's like Wait, talking. I was going to say, were you just trying to play it cool the whole time? <laughs> I'm like, because I didn't want to interrupt him because he was like in the middle of like something intense. That's why I was so hot. And I'm like, I'm like trying to like. Get my arm, and I can't get my arm out. And I was like, and finally Jake was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm stuck. <laughs> I've, I've got myself into a problem. <laughs> I, I finally was like able to get out. And like the whole back of my sweater was just like this web of chaos that my arm had been like sucked into. Anyway, oh, my God. I no longer that... wear sweaters on the podcast. <laughs> That's an old sweater. <laughs> yeah. It was like one of those knit ones. So it had like the knitted pattern in it. So it was like a kind of like a weave on the back. Yeah. Yeah. As time had aged it and it had loosened. I just, I was captured. <laughs> That's amazing. Now we know why she doesn't wear sweaters on the podcast. No, I don't care how cold it is. I'm not wearing a sweater no. on the podcast. <laughs> in the... <laughs> I was putting on a sweater this morning and then I was like, oh no. <laughs> No, not never again. The sweater curse. Oh yeah. my god. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anybody heard of weird sounds in the back of one of our early podcasts? <laughs> that was just me. Just dusty a... being being 
strangled by her own sweater. Full-blown panic attack of like, I can't get out. Oh my God. I, I don't wear sweaters on the podcast anymore because when I, every time that I used to, I would get hot. Like you were saying, you get heated and I'd have to take it off. And if we were on video, every single time Sarah would go, Ooh, take it off. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm not wearing a sweater anymore. <laughs> oh, funny. Show those tatas. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, when I was putting on a sweater this morning, I just was like, oh my God. So, I had to text Jake and be like, hey, remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Jake's face. Like, are you okay? <laughs> and he's trying to like talk and he can just see that I'm like, I can't. Let's <laughs> see. Blink twice if someone's attacking you out of camera. <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. Like I should have just been like, sorry, I just need to interrupt you. I need to take my sweater off. But no, no, I had to be awkward. And that was back when you were an amateur. You've grown. <laughs> now we're totally professional. So. Oh, hundred yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. percent. <laughs> professional podcasters is what we are. I'm just yep. pour some more booze into my coffee. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you were saying, so before we started recording, everyone, uh, Jake sent a group text to us that was like preparing for <laughs> for conference talks. And then Dusty was like, pours whiskey into my coffee <laughs> at, at 10 a.m. But you know what? Yeah. Sometimes you need it. <laughs> I, I did stand in front of our like liquor cabinet for a moment, just like contemplating how <laughs> desperately I need to parent today. And, like, how much Bluey can step in and parent. So, it was a moment. <laughs> a little debate. I, it's, I have it's a daily. Coffee. I, don't, I just have to take care of Augie, and I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, I... The Doggy parenting is a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well... Guys, just real quick. He has... He's this little... Okay, listeners. He's a little golden doodle. He's, like... Maybe 30 pounds, not that it, tiny, and um, especially compared to my German Shepherd. So it's getting me, uh, I have to get used to it, but like he's, he's still, still a puppy. He's literally right now running back and forth. I can see him in the other room. He's got my big old sloth puppy uh, toy that's like as big as he is, and he's oh. in his mouth and he's running around with it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, I love it. We don't deserve dogs. They're too. We really good. don't. Walter came down the stairs this morning and was like full blown puppy mode. Like he like had his little backup and his little paws were just happening. And I was like, what is going on? And so like I got down on the floor and he just like full blown like fuzz ball attacked me. It was so funny. So cute. So I was uh, like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Adorable. Love me too. <sighs> All right. Well. Are try to keep to... try to keep the dogs in your heart as we yeah. trudge through yeah. this we'll just post a bunch of dog pictures just to like lull you into a false sense yeah. of security it's okay <laughs> everything's fine it's everything's fine. fine yeah so as you can tell we have katie here hey I, I don't know why i just waved hello <laughs> i waved because we're on video but <laughs> the listeners are like i, I felt it i felt it <laughs> i am very happy to be here yay we're glad to have you and we're gonna try and keep jake's mic close to his face today because yeah so if there's a if you see me with my mic like here just be like hey jake um Move your mic. Yeah. Your 
Yeah. You're a star. <laughs> Sometimes so, the Britney Spears I know, mic. I was going like, to say, the code word could be Britney Spears. And I'll be like, oh, okay, got it, got it. Right. There, it there we go. J Dog and Britney and Spears. I, I snap back into Britney Spears and I'm like, oh, okay, yep. Mm -hmm. I'm here. Here. Here, yes. <laughs> okay, well, we're here to talk about general confidence. Hey. Uh, all right. Well, so we all chose our favorite talks. <laughs> favorites, a loose term here, but you know, the ones that the spirit told us was the best ones. <laughs> The ones that the spirit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We've lost Dusty. She is dead. Deceased. <laughs> wow, the spirit. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Starting off good. All right. Well, yeah, so we've all chosen our spiritually guided talks to talk on. Who wants to go first? I don't remember. We we're going to do it like round robin, right? You go first. Me. <laughs> okay. Whew. All right. So <laughs> I I chose to, today I'm talking about no. <laughs> oh um, boy. <laughs> so the church. <laughs> um, I did Tracy Y Browning. Why does everybody have a middle initial? Also, I feel it's a personal attack because I don't have a middle name, so I'm always just like. <sighs> Anyways. Uh, it's. Yeah, it's just so annoying to me. It feels like it, I don't know, it makes them seem more important than they actually are. And yeah. then when they go by their middle name, but then they have like a, they have to put their first the initial. First initial. Like M. M. Russell Ballard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. M. Masturbation. Masturbating Melvin, because his first name's Melvin. <laughs> Masturbating Melvin. Because oh, no. he's obsessed with talking about masturbation. <laughs> Like Melvin. Oh okay. my god. Ew, I would get. I would go by Russell too if that were. I'm crying. Yes. Oh my god. Melvin. So. Melvin. Sorry, I'm keep offending people. I last few times it was Carl and. Poor I definitely Carl. can't fuck with Melvin. Sorry. <laughs> what if his name was M. Carl and it was Melvin Carl? Oh honey. Whoa. Mm -mm. No, that's two strikes you out. I don't, yeah. I, I don't go three. We're going to go, mm-mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. I don't care if you look like Henry Gable. Done. Bye. <laughs> the name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, You're out. All right. So Tracy Y. Browning, she's the second counselor in the general primary. And she spoke on Saturday morning. And she's the first woman of color to speak at general conference, which not the win you think it is. Okay. 2022, people. 2022. Also, like, it's not common for even women to speak that much yeah. at General Conference. Well, when no. I was looking at it, there was only, like, what, three three or four women this, mm -hmm. this conference. And I was like, and then uh, all these men. Like, all men. Fight, yeah. Fight, fight, fight. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so she starts off her talk. Um, and she compares that her having bad eyesight and needing to reach for her glasses every morning is also the way that you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, which was kind of cute, actually. Like, it wasn't problematic at all. I'm down. Sure. Um, 
and this is what I find. They always like tell this little anecdote at the beginning and then they like go on with their talk and then they reach back to the little, it's like, there's a format for general conference talks that they all follow. Have you noticed yes. that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then she talks about the law of Moses and how it was a preparatory gospel. And all I could think of was like, this is something that like the Mormons do. It's always look at this example of something that sucks in the moment, but don't worry later, it's going to be better. Like she's saying how like Moses lived before Christ, but he used Christ's gospel to teach his people. And I always find that so like, I don't know. It just always sticks in my head as to like, oh, so it's coming later. And then once we get the gospel of Christ, don't worry, it still sucks now. But it, later you're going to have. Yeah. You know, it, like it, it just. Yeah. Yeah. It very much is like, wait, everything will be better later. And just yeah. have faith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, it's I, I always get confused how they're like, oh, it was the preparatory gospel. And then Christ came and it like finished everything but like the jewish religion still exists it wasn't like it's <laughs> a good point yeah it wasn't just like washed away and that like i don't know it just always it just always sticks in my brain for some reason but anyways also that's there's it. the um judeo no what are they called oh my god messianic jews that actually mm-hmm. believe in they believe in both but they have like a um I've been to one of their things and it was actually pretty cool because it's like, it was weird for me because they have a lot of Jewish things, a lot of Jewish influence, but then they also believe in Christ. So they quote from the Bible. Interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. And so that totally obliterates their beliefs also. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Mormonism is very self-important in that it's like, I don't know. It just disregards all of this other stuff where it's like, yeah, that, you know, none of that is relevant anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like the Brad Wilcox talk when he was saying like everybody else is playing church. Yes. That's the whole. whole that's yeah. That's it. Their mm-hmm. beliefs in a nutshell, like the yeah. whole outlook on the world and everything, in a nutshell, right there. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. They just like take pieces and they're like, oh, this part's ours and this part's ours, but we're gonna ignore hundreds of years of yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we have all the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're the chosen ones. <laughs> 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 all right. So um so she joined the church, um, and she's decided that people questioning her choice to join the church and her changes in behavior, that that meant it was time to put on her spiritual glasses to clarify, focus, and solidify adherence to gospel practices and standards. So there's that cute little anecdote that we're going back to. So I just, this is what I, this is what drives me crazy is when it's like people are generally questioning, like just asking a question and Mormons take it as this like, Oh my God, I need to double down and I need to put more effort in and more work rather than just taking the question at face value and just having a conversation. Yeah. Literally have to like, Nope. I have to like completely focus and like streamline into this brainwashing dialogue. It drives me crazy just because people have a question. It's so weird to me. Well, and I think I was just catching up on Katie and Sarah's uh, podcast. I'm sorry. I'm behind, but anyway, the, um, <laughs> you guys actually mentioned this in one of the episodes I was just listening to where um, any question that is like, even if you're just trying to have an honest conversation with a Mormon, 
they take it as persecution and then they also take it as like hey um i'm being i must be doing something right because i'm being persecuted and also yeah. the and also like i'm out of the norm because they're just they're, they're just trying to get at me they're just trying to it's the devil you know and like it's the it's opposition a, oh. and the adversary is like validating to them yeah. and they get very defensive like even if it's just an honest question you know like I can see why people would ask a woman of color, especially, yeah. why are you joining that church? And yet it immediately is like, kind of like go on the defensive and you're a victim. Yeah. 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 And that's what makes me so, we've talked about this before. When, when things feel easy and comfortable, we have this like little voice inside of us. that's like, something is wrong. You are not supposed to feel at peace. You are not, there needs to be some challenge or else you're not doing it right. And that's, what's caused so many years of toxic behavior and toxic relationships because we're craving that drama because we were taught that meant it was a good thing. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. Just, and this is why. And it comes directly from this, just as simple as a young girl being asked something and her being like, well, I'm doing the right thing because people are persecuting me, which the persecution complex is a whole nother conversation. But I can't, I cannot with like Mormons, especially on our Instagram accounts that are like, <sighs> you're being, um, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> you're discriminating against us and you're oh. causing like hatred and persecution of us. And it's like, I don't, you keep saying that word. And I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> Inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the younger podcast listeners are like, what? <laughs> I like, what are they talking about? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Am I missing something? Yes, you are. Yes. Yeah. Whole generation, beautiful, beautiful movies and <laughs> references. Before there were memes, there were movie quotes that we just had to spout off to each other. <laughs> you had to whip those out as fast as you could in the perfect moment. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Movie quote or a tiny little violin. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, um, yeah. So then she talks about how when she was a young girl, she was being taught by missionaries in like the home of one of these other groups. So it was a group of girls that were being taught by missionaries. Do we know, is she, um, she didn't sound like she had an accent, but like, I'm just wondering, like, is she from, uh, is she American? Like, is she, was she foreign? I can't remember. Let me. I don't I know. Don't know. Do you want to Google that? Yeah, I can Google. I didn't listen because um, I go into full blown panic mode when I hear that stuff so I just read it I'm sorry no I just read it too I um the the way that they speak they all sound the same and it's it's very triggering yeah because they go to like speech um teachers oh, that teach them how to yeah how to, yeah deliver it yeah oh wow she's from New York um but she studied at St. John's University and has in worked in financial services for 15 years but now she works for the church's publishing services department. Shocking. Shocking that she works for the church. You guys, how do like such smart people, it's it's fascinating to me that these very intelligent, very successful people like believe this stuff. There's, we just read the thing, the article 
for the Halloween episode, Jana, what's Reese, whatever? She's a mm-hmm. theo- theologist. Like, she's studied world religions, and she's Mormon. I'm like, what yeah. the? <laughs> Are you paying attention, hon? Like, were you? I didn't know she was Mormon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I have a theory about this. I'm not saying that I'm a in- super intelligent person, but I find <clears throat> that probably because I was raised Mormon, but if there's like a set schedule for something, like if I sign up for a workout app and there's like a set, like this day you do this, this day you do this, this day you do this. I find that it just like makes some part of my brain very happy. Uh-huh. Um same with like cleaning routines. Like there's like clean mama or um, the fly lady routine. These routines were like Tuesdays, you do this Wednesdays, you do this. I find that there's this part of my brain that doesn't have to worry about that and just follows a procedure. And I think that a lot of people who are in these like high demand jobs and have a lot of brain power going in, they want something easy to follow a formula that they just plug in and they don't have to worry. Like they, their eternal salvation is taken care of because they're following yeah. this formula. Uh, that makes sense. makes sense. Yeah, well, that's kind it's, of what I see it as. It's not necessarily the theology and the doctrine that they are drawn to. It's the structure. It's that they have structure and they have answers. They have the answers. Yeah. yeah, because very intelligent people are constantly looking. And so if you are just given an answer, it's such a like, okay, this is something I don't need to worry brain calories over i can set this here right brain calories i like that term (laughs) i only have so many to burn in a day and i have to decide (laughs) what calories go where very careful (laughs) yes that's my theory about why like very intelligent people kind of get sucked up because all cults have very intelligent people yeah yeah and i think that's what it is is it's just it's such a structured answer yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's talking to these missionaries. They were teaching like a group of young girls, and all I could think of is just like the icky factor of like twenty-something-year-old men talking to a bunch of little girls about I don't know. It just felt like her being a, a girl, a woman of color, and I'm assuming that the missionaries were probably white. I'm sure. Know. It just feels yeah. icky. Um, she quotes the prophet a lot of times um (laughs) honestly though like her talk is fine like i find that the women have like very simple talks they're very very surface level there's not a lot of like deep doctrine um but she does say at the end she's talking about looking for christ in our life and she says where we look for him we find him and i was like at first i was like oh it's kind of like a cute little quote like if you look for god in nature you're going to find god but then i was like that can be true of anything yeah very like like if i look for bad things in my life if i'm going to find bad things and it's just it's just that like circle talk of like they think they have such these profound answers but when you actually look at it in black and white you're like that's nothing yeah any religion anything any any philosophy anything could say that and have it be true quote unquote yeah like i believe in a I don't know the spaghetti monster. If I yeah. look, I can You'll see find it. Things. Yeah, like, it's, just, it's just kind of a it's a throwaway quote that I know Mormons would be like, oh, they're gonna yeah. put that in a plaque on their wall. Where I was just thinking that? they're gonna have Deseret Books gonna sell a bunch of plaques about that. There will be a yeah. magnet that says, "Where we look for him, we find him." 
Yay. Look for him yep. in your tortillas because <laughs> on your toast. On your toast. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that was my first choice. Not very problematic, kind of, you know, cute or whatever, but I don't yeah. Know. yeah. But like yeah. you said, they're not going to like first of all, they're not going to let the women it's like a oh gratuitous like here's your here's your little moment women to speak yeah. the pulpit mm-hmm. and oh but we're going to make sure we're going to monitor what you say so then it doesn't rock any boats you know like yeah. they're not going to yeah. they're not going yeah. to say anything that's like deep here's your three and a half minutes to go use the bathroom and then come back for the men to speak right yeah, your, that's a good your... point i hadn't thought about that but they never talk about anything that's like you know, like the really deeply problematic, like homophobic um, mm-hmm. talks are never given by women. Mm-hmm. They, they're always these like surface level, very like feel goody, fuzzy talks. And especially yeah. she's the primary, she's in the primary presidency. I know a lot of, um, I can remember like talks by the primary presidency where it's like, I'm going to talk to the children right now. You yeah. Know, like, oh, right. yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And of course, women are talking to just dumb little kids and other dumb little women with our weak little arms. So we don't need to, we don't need to have really deep discussions. We're just girls and like, you know, to be fair, my upper body strength is zero. So I can relate. I have to lift children. So yeah. She flapped them. It was great. She was, yeah, it was like she was like a little baby chicken trying to fly. <laughs> it wasn't happening. My weak little woman arm. <laughs> oh, uh, I was also thinking of like a T-Rex, so, you know. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in that the movie, theme? what's the movie? Um, oh, no, you go ahead. What's the movie? There's a movie where he like uh, goes back in time or something. Anyway, and it's the, there's a T-Rex and he's like, I have a big head and tiny little arms. <laughs> <laughs> The T-Rex. I don't know. Oh, that's amazing. Pat sent me a card that was, um, it was a T-Rex holding like a sign and it said, I love you this much. And then the other person was like, that's not very much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cute. Oh. Oh. It's adorable. So adorable. Anyway, Uh, so yeah, that's my my first pick. Good job. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Katie, you want to go with yours? Sure. Okay, so for mine, um, okay, let me pull it up here. I picked Courage to Proclaim the Truth by Elder Denelson Silva. Denelson, I think is how you say his name. Uh, He's of the 70s, so one of the non-white men. (laughs) I've noticed that they have them speak a lot more at conference now because of the... I don't know. They got to put their the token PR. color up the there, PR. right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I was, oh, with that Tracy Browning, I was also going to make it, I was, it makes me think of, um, like Candace Owens and like, uh, <gasps> yeah. He, like it's these, um, and even, I hate saying his name, but Kanye West, like these, the white lives matter shirts that they're wearing. And it's oh, just like, God damn it. I can't it gives me ill feelings of just like, okay, wait. So <laughs> you realize the, I don't know. Anyway, the racism you, is coming from inside the house, you know, yes, like ma'am, the call yeah. is coming from inside the house. Yeah. Did you yeah. hear he went into Skechers and was escorted out? Yeah. He was run by a Jewish family. Yeah. <laughs> like, can I can I officially say cool. it on the podcast? Fuck Kanye West. Oh, yes. I've I've never liked him. 
No, me neither. No. Yeah. I like uh, one of his songs, and it's because yeah. it's on Jarhead, and because Jarhead has Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, I got to go for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up when, uh, oh. when he's dancing in a Santa Claus hat, I'm in. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, moving on. You two. These two sorry, are they're, they're too horny for this show, you guys. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I just have... <laughs> I have a few like quotes from like uh it, it was like five pages long but I shortened it so we can just kind of skim it so <laughs> yeah you're welcome <laughs> so uh he says in 1982 I was finishing my associate's degree in topography at a technical school again like Dusty said the anecdote at the beginning <laughs> here's his okay at the end of the year a classmate invited me to have a conversation I remember that we left the other members of the class and went to an area beside a sports court. Sports court. <laughs> what is he going to, at the start of this, I was like, is he going to try to sell you drugs? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> I feel like, is this a say no know, to drugs? Yeah. You know when a story has too many details, you know it's a lie? <laughs> yeah. I feel that like is so like, this. She was wearing blue suspenders. And yeah. We were, it's just like, and we went to how do you remember that? Of- I don't remember what people were wearing. 1982? <laughs> <laughs> At a sports court? Yeah, okay. Um, when we got there, he spoke to me about his religious convictions. And not only did he show me a book, but he gave me the book. <laughs> Honestly, I do not remember all the words that he said, but I remember that moment very well and the way I felt when he said, I want to bear my testimony to you that this book is true and that the gospel of Jesus Christ has been restored. The name of the book, you can already guess. Yes, it was the Book of Mormon. I just feel like this is so stupid. (laughs) So it's worse than drugs, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's worse. But like, wouldn't you feel so weird if you were, you're in college and a random classmate is like, you want to go to the side of the sports court for, with me for a sec? And then he's like, I mean, I'm like, dude, you have weed? I believe this. Like, <laughs> like that's so weird. Is he a drug <laughs> thing, or is he wants to do some? He wants to do some gay I was stuff. Gonna too. Say, there's, there's some <laughs> sexual undertones at the sport. I know. And then you get there, and he's like, I want to bear my testimony to you. I'd be like, I'm scared. Am I about to get murdered? Because this is weird. <laughs> Guys, this is my next horror novel. You get pulled. You go, you're on Tinder. You match with somebody. They take you, and then they bring you into the Mormon Church. <laughs> <laughs> I I think you should write it. <laughs> uh, okay. Five months later, the missionaries came into my house. They were leaving just as I was coming home from work. I invited them in, and we sat down in the little patio in front of my house, and they taught me. Again, the the details. The details. Yeah. Not true. (laughs) (laughs) um, In my search for truth, I asked them which church was true and how I could find it. Like, why would you? Why would you ask missionaries of a one specific church which one is true? Like, oh, oh, it's the Catholics. Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, we were actually. We just want to let you know. Down the street is a is a Protestant church. You should. Yeah, we want to tell you that they're the true church, not ours. Yeah, like. Oh my god. Okay. Also, don't rip off J Dog. He's the original rip offer. So. (laughs) What church is true? Uh, (laughs) 
I know. And then the missionaries taught me that I could obtain that answer for myself. I accepted their challenge to read several chapters from the Book of Mormon, and I prayed with a sincere heart and real intent. The answer to my question was clear, and several days later, I was baptized and confirmed a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I just, it's like, I don't know, so stupid to me, because, of course, if you read from the Book of Mormon, I don't know. I just, mm -mm. Mm -mm. The confirmation bias is so extreme we're the true church this is true scripture if you read with good intent and feel good like oh my god right the confirmation (laughs) bias for sure um (laughs) the truth had been presented to me and after my baptism i became a disciple of jesus christ during the following years i learned that when i decided to be a disciple of jesus christ i had accepted the task of not only defending the truth but also proclaiming it did, did you see how he snuck in there that he didn't have informed consent until years later what he signed up for? Oh, uh. did, I didn't even catch that. But yeah, yeah, you don't know when you sign up. Also, it says here he got the Book of Mormon, like he read it, had the little thing, the whatever with the missionaries, the lessons. And then like days later, he was baptized. I, d- I doubt he even read the full Book of Mormon, let alone learned about all the teachings and like all the shit that's expected of you in how many days, five days, you can't know what you're signing up for. Absolutely not. Well, I can remember like in my mission, like it was like get them baptized as soon as possible. And it's like, it's also because you don't want them to stop and think about it. You don't want to think about it. Yeah. You ever been to a sensi party? Uh, Oh my god! Oh my god! It's so true. Never been to a sensi party. Oh yeah, they're like, all right, hurry, come on, deal's not gonna last. You gotta sign up. Ten p.m. You gotta text me and let me know if you wanna sign. And if you sign up to sell tonight, you get your starter pack for sixty percent off. But only if you text me before ten o'clock tonight because I have to close the party. Oh, Oh my god, I'm crying. Oh my god! Sorry. Oh no. Whiskey. More whiskey. whiskey. (laughs) You guys, so true. The missionaries are like sensi MLM consultants. Like, should come on around a coffee mug says girl boss. (laughs) (laughs) Women helping women. Uh, yeah, they're like, hurry, sign up now because your eternal salvation is not gonna last. <laughs> you don't get baptized by the end of this week. <laughs> you will lose out on the top tier <laughs> level. No celestial kingdom no for celestial you. Kingdom. Oh God. Oh, yeah. oh. I heard missionaries carrying around girl boss mugs now, and I was like dying. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I all your girl Thank boss you for that visual. You're welcome. Oh, full offense from my end. <laughs> <laughs> MLMs can can it. <laughs> I have a friend who has a Etsy shop, and somebody gave her like a girl boss because technically she is her own boss because she makes her own product, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I hate it." <laughs> I know it sucks that it they've like taken that away from yeah. real small businesses. Anyway, okay, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but. All right, back to back to this. So he says, the opportunity for missionary service in our youth is unique. 
please, please, young men. Is it? Oh, God. Please, young men, do not postpone your preparation to serve the Lord as missionaries. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but also, have you ever seen, like, there's Bible groups that go and, like, build houses in third world countries. Like, the yeah, missionaries not are not humanitarian service at no. all. They are trying to drum up business for the church. Like, yes. I have a yeah. friend who went to Haiti, worked in an adoption center for a year, and took care of infants, changed diapers, fed them, washed clothes. Like, that's humanitarian aid. Never once did she, like, read a Bible story to – she might have, but it wasn't about that. It was about helping the people. Yeah. And it yeah. drives me crazy. The church is like, we do so much humanitarian aid. No. It's not humanitarian. It's colonialism and it's just shitty absolutely absolutely may as well just give them all smallpox well on my mission <laughs> i went through three or four hurricanes i was in florida and uh, but i mean I love florida, <laughs> but like um it's a love-hate relationship anyway but the um the town i was in was like leveled by hurricanes so we became service missionaries at that time and we had to wear our little name tags and wherever we went but like that was like Looking back on it, that was what was the most enriching experience for me because it was I was actually helping people. Yeah. I didn't have to, and I didn't I didn't feel the pressure of having to preach to them anymore and like having to convert or anything. I was just helping people. If only felt, you could have done that the whole time. Yeah. 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 So my sorry, this is off topic kind of, but my dad never went on a mission. And it was always like this thing that he was like, Yeah, I didn't go on a mission. But he started a foundation in Peru that builds like stoves and ovens for people in the highlands. So there's a lot of like lung cancer in Peru because they cook over open fires and they breathe in the smoke. So he started um, this foundation that builds like cook stoves and ovens. And he's always said like, that's my mission. And I'm like, that's really cool, but you're actually doing good in the world. Like a missionary isn't doing like my dad's so much better. Not he's he's done so much more than serving two years in some country would have ever done for anybody like he has helped families like not deal with illness and loss of parents like I just yeah. I want to shake him and be like you're so much better than a stupid two-year mission in Chicago or whatever <laughs> yeah and I think like a lot of missionaries do like good and they do serve but oh, yeah. that's because they're good people not because the church told them to do that yeah. you know the church wants the numbers but if a missionary does service that's on them so yeah, yeah. like the cute little missionaries that'll walk by and see like a snowy driveway and then like everybody here just leaves their snow shovel out by their front door right they'll just go grab the snow shovel and they'll quick and shovel the walk for like older people in the community those are good people it's yeah. the church didn't it's tell not them to go do that yeah yeah okay um as you face situations that may make the decision to serve a mission a difficult one such as interrupting your studies for a time saying goodbye to your girlfriend without any guarantee that you'll date again or even having to walk away from a job remember the savior's example during his ministry he likewise faced difficulty including criticism persecution and ultimately the bitter cup of his atoning sacrifice yet in all circumstances, he sought to do the will of his father and give glory to him. So, yeah, don't don't worry about putting off school or missing out on a job or losing your girlfriend, your relationship. 
put the church first. <sighs> yeah. So, oh, and then he says, young woman, you are very welcome if you so desire to work in the vineyard of the Lord. <laughs> the so fuck? Yes. Yeah, so the whole time he was like talking to the, the men, the young men. And then he's like, oh, yeah, young woman, you can go if you want. I feel like an editor was like, sir, sir, you, <laughs> sir, um, <laughs> the women, the women, just, just, a, just, just for a second. One sentence, it's fine. They yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, upon returning from your service, perhaps your girlfriend is no longer waiting for you, but you will have learned very well how to make effective contacts. Oh, <laughs> Oh, like, I hate it. It's so cringy. Like, uh, maybe you could make contact. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having flashbacks to the first conversation I had with my ex-husband. And, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was such a, like, missionary opportunity. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. It's like they're taught how to make contact to either convert people or find a wife like did uh, not take no for an answer <laughs> uh, that's that's so gross i <laughs> so okay your academic studies will make more sense with the glimpses you have had about preparing more adequately for the workplace and finally you will have the full certainty of having courageously proclaimed the gospel of peace testifying about the restored truth the amount of times I have heard that bullshit where I'm just like, as a missionary, like, you'll be so blessed. You'll be so blessed. And I'm like, cool. And then, uh, so I feel like I was a really good missionary as far as like that goes, but I was just like extra obedient because like I have gay feelings, you know, like I did that kind of thing. But there's also just like, I always try to do everything right. And then I get like, and then all of a sudden it's just like, I get, home from a mission and I'm thinking I want to get married to a woman and blah 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 and then and then it just like all crumbled down and then my sister dies you know and it's just like okay well so all those things that you said I'm gonna be so blessed for and then like I'm going into shit after shit after shit you know I'm just like and okay like and it sets it up so that like if bad (laughs) things happen or you don't get the blessings it's set up to like be your fault Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm You obviously, though, obviously didn't do everything right, and it might be because I masturbated on my mission, or it might be because aw. of this, or it might be because of, uh, yeah, I just. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I hate about it, is it's all on your shoulders. Like, it's not that shit happens to good people, and it's not that life is full of hard things. It's you did something wrong. Everything would have been yeah. fine if you hadn't masturbated on your mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, hate it. So he ends this out with, um, he says, hold on to the truth, learning from these sources of the truth. So if you guys want to know where to find the truth, here's where they are. These three places. The scriptures. Uh, no. The words of the prophets. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and the Holy Ghost. I, I love how not even once in there does does he mention like any type of academic thing that's, that's actual truth, like or actual like reality, a professional, like a mental a health professional, anything, like, like yeah. anything. 
Nothing. No. no just but the same shit you've been fed your entire life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how he ends up. He, he bears his testimony, and I'm not going to read it, because, no. Barf. Yep. And that's uh, the, the courage to proclaim the truth. So, yeah, a lot of pressure into going on a mission and being a constant missionary, even when you're not on a, you know, two-year Or taking people over to the sport court to tell them about the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Sport court. Mm-hmm. Sport court. Sport court. Yep. Hey guys, want to go to the sport court? No. Okay. <laughs> Not you guys. I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess um, we'll move on to <laughs> oh, no. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland's talk. Oh no. Uh, oh boy. I need booze. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly is not as bad as some of his other ones, but anyway. I used to uh, like him well, so much. Me too. Uh, lifted up upon the cross is what it's called. Um, so he gives us an antidote, and it's I actually deleted it, so I didn't really. Uh, it's more just um, something about the why have the Latter Day Saints not adopted the cross? The other Christians has used as a symbol of their faith. So that's kind of where he frames it. And then um, he says, in as much. Who says in as much in, like, regular conversation? They do, yeah. In as much. much, Such questions about the cross are often a question about our commitment to Christ. I immediately told him that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints considers the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ to be the central fact, the crucial foundation, the chief doctrine, and the ultimate expression of divine love in God's grand plan for the salvation of his children. Uh, He basically says, uh, um, you guys are all just weird for using the cross, and all (laughs) things which pertain to our religion are only appendages to the atonement of Jesus Christ. We're real Christians. Um, Then I read him what Nephi, some made-up bullshit, had written (laughs) 600 years before Jesus' birth. And the angel uh, came to me saying, look, and I looked and beheld the Lamb of God who was lifted up upon the cross and slain for the sins of the world with my love, share, and invite zeal. Now kicking into high gear, I kept reading. To the Nephites in the new world, the resurrected Christ said, my father sent, which he didn't do, my father sent me that I might be lifted up upon the cross that I might draw all men unto me. And for this cause have I been lifted up. Here, Here's the thing. Christian religions actually believe in the atonement that Christ actually died for our sins. The Mormons say they do, but they have absolutely no doctrine that actually works. Anyways, yeah, they, they say, say they, they do. Doesn't like in practice, it's all just like bullshit. Like they don't yeah. actually well, believe. Yeah, because they believe you have to go through certain steps and do certain works, as they call it. You're mm-hmm. not automatically saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on works, not on your heart right. or whatever, right? And yeah. Mormons think that the actual atonement happened in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he, like, bled from every pore. They think that's the atonement. They don't see, like, they see that, like, him being put on the cross was just, like, the finishing stage of that. They don't see it as, like, a complete thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> No, and so he's telling his friend this, or some guy that, um, and the guy like dashed off to his fictitious appointment. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he did. He just ran away from you because what the fuck? Uh, 
Imagine being cornered by Jeffrey R. Holland and he just starts going off about Nephi and, and all this weird <laughs> shit. You're like, I gotta go. I have a, an appointment. Hey, I don't <laughs> I, know. My Uber's here. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go straighten my guitar wires or something. I don't know. I need to poop. <laughs> <laughs> really bad all of a sudden. I gotta go home. <laughs> it's an emergency. Uh... Let's see. One, let's see. He says one reason we do not emphasize the cross as a symbol stems from our biblical roots. See, and the the whole feeling of this, I felt like biblical roots, pretentiousness, and like this. Oh, we're better. We actually study the Bible. You actually don't. <laughs> yeah, you don't. you place the Book of Mormon much higher than the Bible, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, he oh, says, because crucifixion was one of the Roman Empire's most agonizing forms of execution, many early followers of Jesus chose not to highlight that brutal instrument of suffering. The meaning of Christ's death was certainly central to their faith, but for some 300 years, they typically sought to convey their gospel identity through other means. By the 4th and 5th centuries, a cross was being introduced as a symbol of generalized Christianity, but ours is not a generalized Christianity. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like the superiority, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's hey, Jake, I have a question for you. Because mm-hmm. like on dog tags, they put your religion, don't they? Yeah. So what do Mormons do? Because they're not a generalized, like. <laughs> you can, I actually had LDS on mine at first oh, because you? I was like, mm-hmm. because oh. I was kind of still in, but not out. Like, and it says LDS on it or something. Mm. Latter-day Saints. I, I feel like a says, should be like, like I don't know what to do with this. Um, yeah. Here's your girl boss mug. Yeah, you know that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point though because if they, if you know, they they constantly reiterate we're Christian, we're Christian, we're the real, true, mm-hmm. right Christians. Like, why not? And an identifier like that, like a dog tag or anything else where you put your your religion, why not just select Christian then? Yeah. If you're the yeah. real Christian. Because you know? we're not, I'm, we're, I'm pretending like I haven't been out of the church for 15 years. You're not supposed to say like we're a Christian. You're supposed to lead with I'm a member, a member of, of the church of Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So I just yeah. to think Well, about. they get offended when you call them just Christian, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just, yeah. it seems, they just think that it's like, that's not a. It's not enough not almost. Specific enough of a term. It's just like, yeah. I was finding yeah. it funny that they feel like they deserve to have like a whole separate one like really you are such a tiny teeny tiny little religion that right yeah it's very i i really yeah that's interesting because yeah why would you just be offended if you're called a christian when you ask someone like oh are, and then they kind of go like oh no we're, we're christian too but it's like yeah, then why not constant. just identify as that yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yes, if somebody calls you christian you say yeah i am you can just say yeah you don't have to correct them it's that door opening of like, oh, now I need to explain and have this big long conversation and bog them down with so much information that they're just like, okay, all right. All well, right. You look okay. at like all these denominations of Christianity, like Lutheran and you know, whatever there is. Uh, I don't know what that's, why that's the one that came into mind, but like all the denominations, mm-hmm. and then when they call when they get called Christian, they're like, yeah, I'm Christian. Yeah, they and just they say like I go to this Lutheran church. I go right? to this church, yeah. Episcopal church, yeah. whatever, you know, like. Yeah. It's not a thing because they could easily change that frame of mind and be like similar to that and be like, I go to this denomination. But that would 
that would make them less important, I think. Yeah. They would feel yeah. it would too general. Right, because, like, a Baptist isn't going to get, like, all up in your face if you just assume that they're just, you know, Christian. They're not going to – or Protestant or, or whatever. They're not going to be, no, I need to set the – they just go with, like, yeah. yes, I'm a Christian. Yeah. It reminds me of um, a lot of progressive Mormons that I know. They'll share things on social media that are, like, some things might be problematic in the church, but the relationship is between me and Christ, and I just I believe it. in Christ. I follow Christ, and I've – asked some of them before like if it really is that that personal relationship that's what's important to you why don't you just identify as a christian and leave the lds yeah. church and they never have a good answer because it's like oh they'll say one thing but then they don't actually want it that way because yeah. of course they're brainwashed and frightened into staying into the mormon church and they do believe in all of that weird theology yeah. or it's the whole i'm gonna change it from the inside Ugh. I hate that. right yeah. yeah i have a specific acquaintance that is like very much just like she calls herself a christian and her but she's definitely mormon but she goes by like all her little hashtags are christian christian you know it's just like and it's For this, that, that progressive mormon thing where she's trying to be like i'm i'm christian yeah i follow the i I'm do just like you guys i'm cool too I'm, yeah anyway mm -hmm. uh let's see so in this Let's see. He says, we are rather a restored church, the restored New Testament church. Thus, our origins and our authority go back before the time of councils, creeds, and icon iconography. In a sense, the absence of a symbol that was late coming into common use is yet another evidence that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a restoration of true Christian beginnings. So because it's more evidence, they think that it's more evidence, the fact that they don't believe in, like, holding the cross everywhere and having it, like, having a cross necklace or whatever you do um, means that they're actually better Christians than everybody else. <laughs> Again, everybody else is playing church. Sure. Yeah. We're doing it the right way. We're doing it right, yeah. Oh, my God, I hate it so much. <laughs> Um, I'm going to skip some of this stuff because, um, let's see, lastly, we remind ourselves that President Gordon B. Hinckley once taught the lives of our people must be the symbol of our faith. These considerations, especially the latter, bring me to what may be the most important of all scriptural references to the cross. It has nothing to do with pendants or jewelry, with steeples or signposts. Acting like the temples aren't some, like, symbol of their power and their... Yeah riches and whatever like oh my like god so much like they have these million dollar chandeliers in their in their in their temples but oh we're, but we're not a gaudy steeple on uh, yeah we don't we don't yeah. wear the, it with jewelry across yeah barf uh let's see this speaks of the crosses we bear rather than the ones we wear Hmm. To be a follower <laughs> of Jesus Christ, one must sometimes carry a burden. Okay, this is all right. I'm gonna. There's this one particular quote that I need to read. The um. Uh, let's see. One one some, must sometimes carry a burden, your own or someone else's, and go where sacrifice is required and suffering is inevitable. A true Christian cannot follow the Master only in those matters with which he or she agrees. No, we follow him everywhere, including if necessary, into arenas filled with tears and trouble, where sometimes we may stand very much alone. I'm yeah. sorry. <sighs> it doesn't matter. We have to just follow. Oh, just follow, matter. even if it's dangerous. All right, so this... Tell me you're in a cult without telling me you're in a cult. <laughs> this next piece is actually the, the quote that made me want to read 
well, not want to read it, but like I needed to see the context of this because it's been kind of over the Exmo community. Um, besides the for strength of youth stuff that came out, um, this was another thing that came out that was pretty uh, polarizing for people. All right, so he says, I know people in and out of the church who are following Je following Christ just that faithfully. I know children with severe physical disabilities, and I know the parents who care for them. I see all of them working sometimes to the point of total exhaustion, seeking strength, safety, and a few moments of joy that come no other way. So he's talking, he brings up disabilities. I know many single adults who yearn and for and deserve a loving companion, a wonderful marriage, and a home full of children of their own. No desire could be more righteous, but year after year, such good fortune does not yet come. I know those who are fighting mental illness of many kinds, who plead for help as they pray and pine and claw for the promised land of emotional stability. I know those who live with debilitating poverty, but defying despair, or ask only for the chance to make better lives for their loved ones and others in need around them. Ugh. I know many who wrestle with wrenching matters of identity, gender, and sexuality. I weep for them. And I weep oh, with them, okay. knowing how significant the consequences of their decisions will be. Their decisions. I um, hate him so much. You, you weep with them or weep for them? Uh, what? What is this? No. Straight up a year after you were just talking about musket fire for LGBTQ people. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You're weeping for us. Thank you. And also talking about poverty and singlehood as if like and all like, of the what is the point of this is he he's just saying i i see people with struggles and and, and i pray those are for you that, there you go and even if it would if if you were single and you stopped following the teachings of the church you could find like a normal spouse but your trial is to stay in the church and suffer through that trial of never having a partner because that's your not. Oh. I can't with it. I can't with it. Mental illness is a tr no, honey. No and disabilities and no. like that. Those this are is so problematic. Like so. I, 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 the idea that a disability is a trial given to you from God or whatever is Mental so fucked up. Yeah, like disability. Like that's telling me that I, in the premortal existence, so back to Katie and Kelly, um, chose that I was going to come to Earth and I was going to be given a son whose frontal lobe of their brain wasn't going to develop. And I was like, yes, please, that is something that I need to work through. And that my son was like, absolutely, I would like to be born without part of my brain being developed. Absolutely. Like, fuck like, right off. Yeah. And what kind of a loving God would... Why would you even frame it that way? It's just so... Yeah. Like, so, God said to my son, Reagan, you're going to start having seizures in utero and be in pain and have absolutely no way to be comforted for it. And he was like, absolutely. Sign me up. Like, fuck right like off. If, yeah. Anyone's struggle is something they asked for. or oh, They're somehow it. more valiant for it. And then, again, the whole thing of, like, if you work through it, but you stick with the church, even though you're suffering, you'll be rewarded in heaven after you die. Yeah. And and then people like I have a cousin who is is out and is constantly on this battle of like not choosing to be who he truly is because he oh I just want to scream. It's not it's so unfair to just treat people like 
this is just something that you chose to deal with and you just, this is your options. And I hate it so much. It's not okay to tell people that who they are is a trial. Yeah. Yeah. That it's something that they signed up for to work through and to be tough about like, fuck right off. I signed up for a marathon. I didn't sign up for, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes me so angry. And it's like, he says he weeps for them. Yet he doesn't do anything to help anybody. Like even, he even threw in like people that are in poverty. Oh, I I feel for you. Oh, hey, how about some of that hundred billion dollars yeah. y'all got? Why don't like, what you, are you get doing off about that it? private plane that you fly around on? And yeah. why don't you give you it do to something. some of those communities? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, I hate them so much. Yeah. And, yeah, speaking from, I mean, <laughs> the amount of times I thought that, like, me, my sexuality was a choice and that I had, like at some point in my pre-mortal existence asked for this upon myself and like that I had, um, and every time I tried, like I'd go on these first dates with these women and I'd be like trying, trying, trying so hard, beating my head in, like trying to figure out why I couldn't physically get, like I couldn't even work up the courage to like hold their hands. And like, I just was like, something's holding me back. And I was like, and then I had to beat myself up and say, oh, I just need to read the scriptures more. I need to go to the church. Uh, but then I'm like not feeling it because I don't – there's this thing, this conflict in there where I go to church and I just fucking hate it, you know, and I'm just – because I don't feel comfortable there. I don't feel like they're saying what I need to, you know, and then I um, – and then they're just telling me to read the scriptures and pray to get this – to make that go away and I keep doing that and like as if that's not what I'm doing – you know, like again, it's your fault. It's your fault, right? If you're if you can't be squashed down into their mold, then you're the problem. It's not the mold's problem. It's you that's the problem. I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. So <laughs> there was mine. That's the end of. Well, he does this other like bullshit, but it's just a like a quick. Uh, as we take up our crosses and follow him, it would be tragic indeed if the weight of our challenges did not make us more empathetic for and more attentive to the burdens being carried by the others. It is one of the most powerful paradoxes of the crucifixion that the arms of the Savior were stretched wide open and nailed there unwittingly, but accurately portraying that every man, woman, and child in the entire human race, the entire human family is not only welcome, but invited into his redeeming and exalting embrace. So it sounds sounds all good, but ugh. yeah, it always sounds so good until you actually dive into it and like actually analyze what they're saying, and it's so problematic and it's so it's just ugly. It's just so ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hate it. The, the audacity of him to to I just when I heard that like you had just obliterated the lgbtq community and said like we're coming at you with musket fire and then mm-hmm. you come back to this and be like we weep for you i'm like no no you weep for your lost tithing dollars 